0: what's up everybody hey I just before we start this episode i just wanted to let everybody know about my sponsor redman dispensary redman dispensary is located down in telequa oklahoma if you don't know about redman dispensary then you are for sure missing out because they got whatever you need they got flour dabs papers syrup they got it all and they also have some amazing deals so go hit them up Let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. They also help out with existing patients needing to renew their cards and new patients needing to get a card. So for real, go hit them up. Go like their Redmond Dispensary Facebook page as well. Give them a five-star rating. Go follow their page, like their page. And once again, let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. I'm super, super, super excited to tell you about my sponsor, Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is a native-owned business located at 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you've never been to Southwest Trading Company, you need to go check them out. Right now, if you can, or after this podcast, or during the podcast, but either way, go check that store out they have a lot of great items from different artists from all around like jewelry blankets art clothing cedar boxes indigenous home decor car accessories totes and so much more you could spend hours in this store i'm not kidding i went to the first time and i think i spent like maybe a couple hours maybe just looking around at everything they have i mean it's so unique if you haven't yet Southwest Trading Company also has a Facebook page, so if you have not yet, go like it and follow their page to keep up with all new items and events they have going on at the store. Once again, I'm super excited that we get to build together. The location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check it out, everybody. Thank you. Welcome back to Okie Podcast. On today's episode, I have another amazing guest, two guests, uh, one's familiar, and then one is a guest that we will be talking to today. Um, so today's special guest is Chief Red Eagle, former professional wrestler, retired
1: professional yes, wrestler. retired. Uh, if you say you're a wrestler, everybody wants to come on and try some, but I'm not giving out any good uh, training lessons at this time.
0: and then also we have Tyler Randall from Skoden Cinema SJ
2: and
0: so we'll be chatting it up with Chief Red Eagle here getting to know him and talk about wrestling
1: yes it's uh, it's been a real big deal when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s that's when professional wrestling was really hot that's when wrestling was really at it's best at it's peak Mm-hmm. and I got lucky to get into business as a Native American. Uh, at a young age, I was more of a listener, uh, and that got me into more good spots than it did by talking. I just listened. They always said, what can you do? I said, I can listen. Well, all right then, let's, let's start something here. So then the younger guys, would some of them wouldn't listen, but most of them would listen, and that's how you get started in the business is listening. Just like your people out there today, you're on a great show right here. All you got to do is listen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the name of the game is listening.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what I do mostly is like I just listen to people that come on, and I learn so much, you know, just from everybody that's on. And there's so much knowledge to be passed around, and I gain so much of that too, and I use it daily, you know, because everybody always has their own story, their own path, and and then. You know, just like with Tyler came on, um, never met him before, but, and we live in the same town, but we listen to each other. and
1: <laughs> That's the best part, listening. <laughs> Some of the guys in the back, they say, what did you say? I said, I don't know, but it sure sounded good. Everybody's yeah. clapping. <laughs> but I, I lived in Coeta. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad was Potawatomi, and my mother was Creek. And he was up north, uh, and she met him uh, at the Army base in California. And that's how they got together and made magnificent me, <laughs> the chief. The chief. And I was trained and run through the business, but Wahoo McDaniels, Jay Strongbow, uh, Dick Murdoch, uh, Black Bart, Hulk Hogan, uh, all the old timers that you've seen. When they were coming up in the business, they have to come down. And I wasn't going up. But what was coming down in the little circus that they were working, I was there with them. And I was getting to know them by that work that they were doing. But I wasn't going to the top. I was always at the bottom. And I just couldn't figure out how I could get to the top. But what they were teaching us and teaching me was to listen. And as long as I listened, I had a good I had a good job. I had people that would like me and people that I could go back to and ask questions. And I don't know where today's people, they want to say, well, you come pay me, you come pay me, and I'll train you. No, you don't get paid by being trained, you listen. And that's just like wisdom, just like me and you when we're little. We listen to our parents, we listen to our uncles, we listen to our our dads. And we learned, and that's how I learned. I went to the NWA in 1996 and was Rookie of the Year, wrestled there in Dallas in the Sportatorium. Uh wrestled against all the main characters that were there. And the only reason I got the push is what they call a push, is that I knew the people that were back there, and they knew me. And they knew that I would listen. When they told me to do something, I'd take it. But if you didn't, the old-timers would sugar you. And by sugaring, that means they put the boots to you and slobber-knocking to you. And if you didn't like it and you couldn't take it, out the door you go. But if you could take it and they liked you, you could stay. That's what they did to me, and I'd stay, and I wouldn't cry, and I wouldn't complain. I got to go where they went, but they were still up here, and I was still at the bottom. I I was trying to get to the top, but for Native Americans, it's hard to get into business and get a good push because you've got the blondes, you've got the beach boys, you've got the pretty guys. Everybody knows a Native American. But when I came out, I gave them the heat, boys. I told them I was the meanest son of a gun in here. I'm mean. I'm tougher than boot leather, and I can drink water out of a horse horse hoof. That's how mean I am. I'm meaner than grandma. That's how tough I am. Well, they got to believe in that. And for a while, I got to believe in it. And I started getting a little push. But then when you get up to the top, people want to take you down. So you only go so far or only as far as they'll let you go. But it was a great time. I loved it. And I stay here in Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, Florida, Shreveport. I've worked in Missouri. Worked in coliseums. I've worked in gyms. I've worked in back rooms. I've worked when canned goods are packed. I've worked all there, everywhere. But I, like I said, I was still on the low card, and I'm still trying to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's hard to get to the top yeah. if people don't want you there. But as a Native American wrestler, it's, it's hard. 'Cause you don't there's not that many. You got Jay Strongbow, you got Wahoo. That's about all you have. If you really think about it. In the big professional NWA WWE time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they have black wrestlers and those two are the hardest to get over because everybody wants to sue the big tough looking men. Mm-hmm. But it's harder for us to work. We had to work hard. Mm-hmm. And we did. People appreciated it. But some of the Native Americans, uh it was hard for them because they thought was making fun or belittling them. And I would tell them, no, that's not, I would never do that to my people ever. I said, this is something that the wrestling industry has built. This is what I'm going off of. What you're talking about is our history and ancestry, and I would never do that. I keep them two things separate. And I them to understand that that they was not making fun of the Native people. Mm-hmm. It was preceding what the people in wrestling seen. And what they seen was a different Native American scene and I was showing them this is just I don't want to say this word but it's entertainment Mm -hmm. you know when it comes down to it that's what I was telling them and I got through it was not disrespect it's just entertainment for the people that pay to come see you wrestle and that's what I give them a good show Mm -hmm. just like you got right here this is the best show if it wasn't I wouldn't be here on this podcast with my good (laughs) friends tonight (laughs) (laughs) I will take a dollar on that, one, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got anything? Yeah. Hold on. W- uh, you want something to drink, real quick? Yeah. I Forgot to ask. Yeah. Anything? Will, any water? It, okay. I gotta give you some. I will stop. And... No, you go. Oh, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. You're All right. good. Yeah, I have. A, I, I have a question. Like, sure. so, um, what year did
1: you say you kind of like
3: uh, broke into the business? I broke
1: uh, into the business uh, in nineteen. Let's see, nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. And was that you said it was down in texas uh i worked in oklahoma oh oklahoma uh believe it or not i answered an ad in the uh wagoner oklahoma uh wanted ad it said wrestlers wanted uh-huh. and i answered that and i went down there it was a, just a little brick building and they had styrofoam on the floor uh-huh and that's what we practice on oh gosh and, and you learn how to Fall, and you learn how to uh, keep your ankles from being broke.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So that was sort of the end of like the Mid-South. Yes. And like Bill Watts. Oh, okay. Right. That's what I
1: was talking about was when you had the top guys that were coming down into our areas. Yeah. Because they done did all their big shows. Right, right. So they were coming down to the small territories. Okay. And that's where I got to meet most of them.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Whoa. Okay yes yeah i didn't really understand what you were talking about with that yeah like that, coming down and stuff so. right
1: that's what people say sometimes i i, I i'm kind of like uh
0: talking parables i forget <laughs> <laughs> well i know like some lingo like heat yeah yes. um the push yes um what else is there
1: there's like yeah. other stuff if i heard
0: it i would like yeah right. it would come to me but right
1: the heat is uh when you're wrestling and you're The guy is taking all the punishment. That's the heat. Mm -hmm. You're giving the heat to him. The crowd is on you because you're beating and throwing it to him, and the crowd is on you. When you hear the crowd, you stay and you play the crowd. Now, this is the inside. Some people don't like this. is a secret. It's like a magician don't tell his magic. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you can pick it out, and you can see it yourself what happens. When the bad guy gets the heat on the good guy, it stays with him. And as, he can't stay on him all night long because if it does, the crowd to get bored and things to go terribly wrong. So you have to give it back to him. Right. He has to take the heat back. And by that, you can fall out of the ring. He can hip toss you. He can poke you in the eyes and take the heat. And Now, he has the heat because you're over here selling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, selling.
1: Yeah. So you're selling. He has the heat. Now, he has to do something with it. If he's not trained and he don't know how to take the heat and keep the heat, you don't have a match. That's what makes it a match is keeping the heat. So now he has it, and I'm selling. So it's up to him to get back into the match because he just poked me in the eyes. and I just put the heat to him. So the way he gets his heat back is to beat on me and get the crowd behind him, and they get everybody screaming and hollering and going crazy. And then when they do that, that's my time to take the heat back. Yeah. And I sucker punch him or I'll poke him in the eyes. I'll rake his eyes. Mm-hmm. I throw him out of the ring.
3: I, I love just the whole psychology For of real. how that works. I mean, yes, it's, it's not just showing up and just getting in there and just winging it. I mean, no, there's a lot of,
1: takes, prep, and a lot. A lot of prep and a lot of thinking.
3: A lot of, yeah.
1: And you have to be in shape. Sometimes oh, sure. you go 30, 45 minutes. If, if you're lucky, you go 15 and get a good payday. But mostly you don't. Yeah. It's called painting a picture. You have to paint a picture. Right. You have to like. I'm telling you what's happening, but I'm gonna paint it for you and let you see it. Right. And when you understand that, then you sit there and you're ready for the match. You won't even go get popcorn. You're just sit there and wait. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was taught, and that's how the older taught me how. Yeah. Was to keep the heat. Yeah. And everybody was like, "You see my match? You watch my match?" I said, "No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Well, what happened? Yeah. I don't know. I said, listen." So that's my match. That's all I'd say. And they didn't get that. But what I was telling them was just listen for my match. And you hear the people, and then you don't have to have me come back and say, did you see my match? No, but I heard yours. That's the difference. Yeah. And once they started picking that up, keeping the heat, selling, making the show, then they got it. Right. And then most of them stayed. But some of them was arrogant <laughs> and couldn't get that part about keeping the show. Right. It, it happens to everybody mm. everybody wants to be a star i want to be a star but' the only Play way get the business that's right the only way i could be a star was to stay in their in their group and listen yeah and that's what they want is listening and that's what i did was listen yeah i got to be a heavyweight champion six times i got to be a 13time tag champion by listening they said these guys over here are sharp, starting to kick up a little bit not listen no more We'll give it to you Indians, because I know y'all listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to play the cards, and that's what we played. So we stayed in the business that way. Mm. Me and my uncle, we were the tag team champions. We were the Mighty Nation. Oh,
3: nice. uh, that's a great name.
1: Yeah. He, they said, you need a name. I said, well, the Mighty Nation's all I can come up with. That's
3: <laughs> all you need. Yeah, I love Red that.
1: Eagle and Standing Bear.
3: That's awesome. And
1: then before that, and we was another tag team. We was the world's only Indian tag team. We went off of that. You talk about uh, a push, the big name, and you need a big draw. So we put only Indian tag team. World's only Indian tag team. They got the world's only Indian tag team? I got to say this. <laughs> but it's, it's how you word it, how you say it, and yeah. how you present it. Yeah. When you get them there, you got to show them. Because yeah. if you don't, they won't stay with you. Yeah. And that's where a lot of young people lose it is – they want to wrestle. They get it, but they can't get the crowd to stay. That's hard, because you got to have storylines. You got to have writers. Got to have people know what they're doing, just to get out there and flop around mm-hmm. like a fish is not going to get you nobody. Yeah. You have to have a storyline. Mm-hmm. That's what they're missing today. and That's it. Other yeah. than that, they they got they're capable of doing anything they want. Yeah. They just got to have that storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, Yeah. <laughs> I agree. The writing sucks now. It's not good. Yeah.
3: Were you were you always like a wrestling? Like as a kid, did you watch wrestling and grow up with it?
1: Well, yeah. As a young man, I wrestled with the uh, Coeta Takedown Club. Uh-huh. I wrestled with them until I was in the sixth grade. We'd go to tournaments. I got to thinking about uh, real pro wrestling when I see it on TV, the NWA with Danny Hodge and uh-huh. Leroy McGirt and that era. And uh, I thought about it, but I never could get into it. But that, that ad said wrestlers wanted, so I, that's how I got into wrestling, was asking that ad in the paper down in Wagner. Yeah. And then it went on for a minute. I wrestled Steve Cox. You know, I have wrestled up there, like I said, but these are the guys, like I said, when they were coming down. Right. I never got – I went to, on a big person mm-hmm. I wrestled in a big sport of Tom arena was uh, Bob Orton Sr. Oh, wow. Me and Dick Murdoch and Randy Rhodes and uh, Doink the Clown were going through Texas. And uh, Dick said, let's go down and see Bob. He's wrestling down there in the Coliseum tonight. So Randy says, no, we, Dick, we can't go down there. We ain't even told him we're coming. He says, I don't care, we're going. So I got <laughs> Dick Murdoch. You know, you don't tell him no. <laughs> if you do, you'll be in the back with a puppy. <laughs> anyway, we went down there. And he said, where's Bob? He said, he's laying on the couch over there. So Bob, he said, what's wrong? He said, ma'am, I don't have a partner tonight. And he said, my back hurts. And he says, I don't know what I'm going to do. He looked over. He said, Indian, go get your stuff. And Bob said, him? He said, yeah. He said, all right, go get stuff. So I went and got my stuff, got dressed, and it was Bob's hometown in uh, St. Joe. I think it was Missouri. It was in M- M- Missouri. And uh, he said, this is what we're going to do. Can you? What can you do? And I said, I can listen. <laughs> well, that same thing again. He said, all right, we got a match here. Two things we're going to do, he says. You're going to put me in the ropes, and he said, uh, put the boots to you, and then they are going to turn over, and I'm going to grab the ropes and pin you. I said, all right. So that was the match. Did a 15-minute match of that. Oh, and he said one other thing. He said, my back's killing me. Don't you dare slam me uh kick your ass. Excuse me. <coughs> well, you know what I did, don't you? First thing I did, went out there to pick his ass up and slam him. <laughs> I said, Oh man, I'm dead. He's gonna kill me. So we went through the match and we got up in the dressing room in the back and he said, God dang, he says, Boy, that felt good. He said, My back ain't felt this good in a long time. Nice, nice. That's awesome. But that was my biggest show I believe I had done. I mean that's that got me into business because I could listen. Yeah. And that you know, being a Native American. They can put down a little bit of fish water. We're pretty good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell him, I said, no Indian jokes. There will be no Indian jokes tonight, boys. They'd look at me. He said, Yeah, if he's anything like Wahoo, we better listen to him because Wahoo <laughs> don't put up with that either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great times back then. And grew in the early eighties and early nineties. Yeah. And I grew up in Coweta. Evan was a good friend of mine. Rick Bryan played for the University of Oklahoma. Uh He was an outstanding tackle for uh, OU, and I went to school and played football with him. And he was a great inspiration to me, being just an old farm boy, just like me. I mean, I'll come from the ground just like he did, but he was a lot bigger and stronger. But uh, he gave me good inspiration to just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Because that's what he'd do to him on the football field. Every time he'd hit me and knock me down, he'd tell me to get up. Mm. <laughs> that's how big he was. Mm. <laughs> he said, Keep trying. You'll be something one these days. Said, Keep trying. <laughs> okay, Rick. Okay. He's about six seven two ninety. You know, I thought, <laughs> oh, oh my God, really? <laughs> but yeah, you, you just have to listen and learn, people will teach you. Any questions? Anything else anybody needs to know out right there? <laughs> 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 big Chief's ready for y'all. We all bring it on now. <laughs>
0: what, were the, um, what was the road like
1: oh brother man i always a, hear we need a, we need a preacher in here for this one <laughs> and i hope my wife don't know and don't listen to this one the road was crazy it's like a frat house if you was green and you didn't know the business somebody'd pee or poop in your bag if you was lucky they'd poop in it because usually they'd take it outside and throw it all over the front, and you'd have to go pick it up. Oh. That's, that's what they call a rib. They rib you. If you can take it, they took it. If you couldn't, they'd, they'd mess with you. But generally, most of the time, you people would come to the dressing room, green people. We couldn't talk, but a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs. I had a hard time with drugs. I, I, was, I was an alcoholic for probably 20 years. Mm. I used drugs. But once I got out of the business and got away from it, uh, I recovered and I hadn't had a drink in over 30 years. And I don't do coke, and haven't done meth, and I didn't never did steroids. Mm-hmm. But it was always there. You know, at that time it was there. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that's bad for the boys and that's how come you see a lot of us passing. It's because of the drugs, the painkillers, the dope. It's access was there. Mm-hmm. People would come in the door, hell, I'm your friend. Well, sit down, friend. Open up a big old bag of coke. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you wanted, because they wanted to come in and be with you. And then when you got to that point, you knew you was lost, because that's not wrestling, and that's not who you were. That's being a drug addicted person, and that's when you got caught up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the older you got, of course, you say they passed on. And not talking about nobody, but you know they're gone. Yeah. <clears throat> Always respect the dead, because I'm gonna be dead one of these days. I hope nobody talks bad about me. I've been a pretty good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, <laughs> that wasn't me, honey. That was all the boys doing that. I was always the holy one. You never did any of that stuff. No, I didn't. No, you were you were Triple H. That's right. I was Triple H. I heard Triple H was the sober
0: one yeah. all the time.
1: Oh, I wished I was. You know, uh, it
0: happens though. You fall into that yes that cycle, and I mean, it's there, right? Like yes. that's that's how it was for me. Like I was just in school, and all that stuff was there. Like it wasn't like coke or anything, but drinking and stuff and i mean it's fun like it's fun it's a fun time you're hanging out with everybody that you know and and i was like away from here i was 12 hours away from oklahoma and and once you realize like the leash is off and you're just this kid and it's like i'm i'm getting crazy like i'm getting lit like (laughs) but i mean like it happened to me so quick like i got like i uh i i tore my calf muscle and I went to get some, um, I went to IHS and they gave me like a bunch of, uh, Percocets. They gave me yeah. a bunch of Percocet and man, I got, I got so high doing those. And, and I was like, uh, I was like, dang man. Like, I just need like a couple of these, you know, to get, to get crazy, like to get high. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and it just kind of stays with you. It's like, this is so easy to do. Like yeah. nobody even knows, like I'm doing this yeah. and took them all and I went back and I got a prescription. I just had to say like, "Oh, like my leg is still hurting," you yeah. know, and man, before I knew it, man, I was getting like addicted to it. Mm. And then it was like and I I found myself like I I fucking OD'd on him. Like I OD'd on him yeah. like and and I was just in my friend's bed and because luckily I didn't go out, like I got sick and I but I didn't know I was like OD'ing. Like my I just started sweating. So my body was reacting to all that stuff I took right. and it was sweating it out because I didn't know to throw up. Right, right. And so we were supposed to go out and go to this party. And I was going to, I was going to drink too on that stuff. And, and I just like got sick and I was like, man, I can't go. And we we're in my friend's room and they all left. And a couple of people stayed behind and I told him, I was like, don't, don't let me fall asleep. Yeah. Sure. Like let me fall asleep. And I was laying on his bed and I had these crazy dreams and, I woke up like four hours later, and man, his bed was soaked yes. with sweat. And I got up and I was like, I was like, whoa! I was like, I felt way better though. And then I talked to this one lady, and she was like, Yeah, you you OD'd. Like your body was like just sweating it out because yeah. you didn't throw up. And I'm assuming you didn't eat right. And I was like, No, like I didn't eat all day. And she's like, Yeah, like your body was just. She's like, you know how lucky you are? Like, you know how lucky, like, yeah, your body yeah. just reacted like that? Like, it just started sweating to push that stuff out of your system. Yeah, you That's why system. the bed was so wet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I cut it after that because I was like, this is so And I flushed those, the rest of what I had. I flushed it, and I was like, this is stupid. Like, that was so fucking stupid of me. Like, yeah. like, why did I do that? Well, I was going through stuff in my head and just crazy stuff going on anyways. But I cut it out, and and i don't even take like pain meds i take like aspirin if i really really need it like a headache like a migraine i'll take like a couple and but i don't like take anything pain related like i don't even like mess with it i just like kind of just tough it out like whatever you know but it's so easy to get just whatever you need i guess and it's the same thing like on the road. Like I hear crazy stuff like on the road. Like it's, from, all, it's all true. From shoot interviews. Yes, like, yes. Like, I mean, I watch like Skull Hall and Kevin Nash. And it's just like, oh, and Dark Side of the Ring. Like I'll watch, I'll watch some of that. And then it's just like a bunch of crazy stuff that just goes on in wrestling like yeah. all like no matter where you're at
1: behind the scenes uh it's unbelievable like you're talking about it's it's something that's not it's supposed to be talked about mm-hmm. but it happens because it's just us like it's just us here in the studio mm-hmm. we know what happens here and sometimes it gets carried away but we all think it's good and we're having fun so who you know it's nothing mm-hmm. nobody's hurt nobody's harmed yeah right but we are right because you're doing what you just said we was doing we're doing drugs we're, we're disrespecting women we're not supposed to but ladies take this for one good advice don't let nobody disrespect you because you're god's creation you are the a life giver that's what the woman is but the woman is very important in our culture too she is the life giver she's the one that gives us life and we're supposed to protect her honor her and make sure she goes through life in good just like our mothers and our sisters I mean, this is a whole different subject, but it just comes to me, and I just feel that it needs to be said. Because sometimes women don't get the right treatment they should get. But they are beautiful, and they are loving, and we are here to protect them, and that's what we should do as warriors. <laughs> hey! oh, excuse me, boys. <coughs> but, yeah, I just want to say that because that needs to be said. The woman never gets enough respect. As we grew up, I understood being a Native American, I had a little bit more challenge because— Things were always not told the correct way. And being a Native American and being in this profession of wrestling, I had to deal with some of the bigots too, uh, rednecks. Dick Murdoch, he was a great man. Everybody says he was a whatever, but he was, but not to me. Because we had a friendship, and friendships go a long ways as we know. So anytime anybody would say anything incorrect, Dick would take up for me. And we was in the dressing room one night. He said, we was down in uh, Dallas. He said, Black Bart's coming tonight. And he said, that's his favorite chair. And then he said, get over and sit in it. <laughs> I said, I ain't sitting in that. kid going to get me killed. He said, and he didn't get over and sit in that chair. So I went in there and sat in. It was Black Bart's favorite chair. Boy, here come Black Bart, uh, tobacco all over his face and half shirt open, a big old black bag. And he looked at Dick and he goes, <clears throat> he said, who's that son of a bitch? And he said, I don't know. He said, Popped his knife out. He said, Indian, you better get out of my jam chair because I'm fixing to catch you. Murdoch said, Hang on just a minute, Bart. He said, I put him up to that. Don't do nothing to the kid. He said, Dick, you just about got him killed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I was glad he got me out of that pickle, boys. <laughs> Black Bart said, Boy, I almost killed you, Indian. <laughs> but that's the way it was. Yeah, good people. You just had to know how to handle people. And that's all I did was listen. I still listen to this day. People say, what do you do? I say, I listen. And it's hard not to listen because you want to have everything. But just as we go through life, we listen. And you guys are listeners. And I hope everybody out there listens. Because, like I said, we're back to this great show of podcast here with Russell Sun Eagle, my hero. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he gets for serving me cola. (laughs) Cola. Oh, well, it's been good talking to you guys, son. Anybody else? I mean, let's see. uh, Well, I, I had a good training i was training a young guy i think he had on the show a couple of months ago uh coco coco yeah. yeah yeah he's an up-and-comer boy that boy's got some brains on him he's got some smarts he knew a lot before i even got with him uh we used to wrestle in the probably says What would you wrestle at? i said well i used to wrestle in the bowling alley over on river lanes i remember that oklahoma yeah. pro yeah oklahoma pro wrestlers. yeah I, they, I
3: went there for a couple of times yeah and then it used to be on TV yes. like on Saturday mornings. Right. And I was like flipping through the channels It it's like what is this? Cuz it brought <laughs> me back like when I, when I was a kid like right. watching Mid-South. That's like yeah. when Jim Ross was like the uh commentator. Right. Yeah. It's like hot stuff Eddie Gilbert yes, and yes, yes. uh uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan the was there. Yeah, the Fantastics. Uh, junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog was yeah. there. I mean, there was a lot of like talent, you yeah, know. Bill, that,
1: Bill had this area wrapped up on that.
3: Yeah. And so, and they used to show that on like Saturday mornings or afternoon, like mid, mid morning or whatever. And I was like flipping through and I saw like, this, I was like, that looks like, that looks like Andy B's. Yeah. Or it looked yes. like, or well, I think it was Andy B's, wasn't yes. it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Anyway, I started watching it. Man, I couldn't get enough because it was awesome. It just yeah. was like brought me back. Yeah. I mean, it was great. And then I was like trying to figure out like when the live shows were and this is like back before the internet. Right. Yeah. And so you just sort of had to like went to Andy B's and I was like, when are they having that again? And they're just like, Oh man. Yeah. Like, yes. like that thing is a mess. Because they <laughs> yeah. were like y'all was trying to get TV. Yeah. And they're saying like, man, it was it was like a mess. Yes. Trying they- to get that. Like what what y'all did, but it was a good show. It was really good for like a little independent. Yeah. And then um I also this is back when I was in college too. Um uh Soul Man uh is it Tom Jones? Yeah, Tom Jones, Tom Roma Jones. City. Oklahoma, yes. yeah, yeah, he ran the new mid south. Yes
1: he did. I wrestled with him in Tom Jones. And, yes, yeah, did, and huh? so
3: he's a great man. Yes he and, was. And um yes, I he actually was. he he got to I got to Trained with him just a little bit, really? Well, kind of, oh, right? Now, was story, that was in Oklahoma City, yeah. It was in Oklahoma know? City because yeah. I was going to school at, at uh, OU. I was going to film school, right? And I did a documentary uh, on, on his little uh, new Promotion. mid-south, yes. And yeah. so he kind of let he's like, you can't, you know, he kind of would tell Tom. me like what I could film, and he'd like, yeah. I don't like, look, he's like. <laughs> you know, or, yeah, like yeah, cut, yeah. like I nah, don't, don't film that, and like, but there was, it was really cool though. I mean, he just opened up his whole um, school, and and then they would run shows like once a month, and that was like the greatest times. Like, yes. just, I mean, wrestling was huge. Like that was probably late nineties, yes, yes. Uh, late 90s, uh, early two thousands, right?
1: That's when Tom was up there,
3: yeah, and uh, it was like, man, like they had, I mean, that was like the pinnacle, like when it was like. Big like yeah. WWE and then WCW like ECW, yeah, ECW. Like these, these uh-huh. little offshoot companies yeah. too and man it was just a great time I just I love that and so
1: it all kind of come from the same bloodline it's uh, they call it uh, uh, Southern wrestling mm-hmm. that's what began wrestling started in a tent it was with the circus they talk Carney talk cafe. Cafe means here come or mark. That means this person don't understand wrestling. You call him cafe, and it, it all started. And the, the carny would get together, and, and they'd come to town, and they'd have their big tough mean guy, and they have their city people that had a tough guy. So they'd put him in a tent together, and they'd make him wrestle. And that's how wrestling started was with the carnival, the circus. <laughs> And it just grew from there. And that's yeah. that's the history of wrestling, where it started. Yeah. But it all comes from Southern wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> NWA, uh, Georgia Championship wrestling, that's what they call Southern wrestling. It all came from them. I got the chance to meet uh, Johnny Valentine, who's Greg Valentine's father. Mm-hmm. And him and Lou Theds wrestled. And him Johnny was in the back, and Greg was out doing a wrestling match, and me and Tretch Phillips was watching Johnny. That's after he had a car wreck, and he was up, wasn't doing too good. So Greg said, Tretch, watch my daddy. So we watched Johnny in the back, and he said, boys, he said, get around, let me tell you something. He said, you know, back in the day when we started this business, he said it was real. He said, we fought tooth and nail. He said, but me and Lou says we're all broke up, and our arms were, were breaking, and our knuckles were broke, and we had black eyes we couldn't see, our ribs hurt. He said, boys, we got to do something different. He said, because we can't continue going on like this. He said, you know what, me and Lou has figured out how we could continue wrestling every week, every night, and this is a secret. He said, what? He said, we'll have to start pulling the punches, <laughs> and that's how wrestling got started. It was, at the beginning, it was real, but then if you think about it, if you continue to beat yourself to death, right. you can't continue to go on, so there has to be a little pulling of the punches. Yeah. That's a secret. Yeah. But you didn't hear it here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a no-no. Cut, cut. Tom Jones Tom cut. Tom Jones Damn cut. Yeah, cut. we got to leave that on the floor. <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, stuff stuff does get uh, put out there. It shouldn't be. But like we're doing, it's a history. Yeah. And I think everybody should, should know. Yeah. Because if you really watch it, you can really get entertained. And it's the best thing for you. Uh, but if you don't, then... That's okay with me, too. I still love everybody, and you should still love me. And by the way, the greatest podcast right here, boys. <laughs> You'll only hear it here. Right here on Russell Sun Eagle. Podcast by the chief and our friend. What was your name again? Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Who are you? No, yeah, yeah. no. I'm nobody. Yeah. No, just
3: I'm a jobber. <laughs> a, jobber. Yeah.
1: a jobber. Now, do you ever yeah. know what a jobber is? <laughs> He comes and puts me over, so keep talking, son. Keep going. That's why I'm here. Put you over. That's it. That's it. I take the lumps. That's right. Take the lumps while I get the chumps. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It was awesome. But it was sometimes terrible. Like we said, drugs and alcohol and painkillers and uh, steroids. Uh, Luckily, I'm just a big man. I never needed steroids to get over my gimmick. My gimmick was just a chop, dance, and have the headdress and just look Native American and that was the easiest gimmick in the world. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. But the other guys, you know, muscle guys had to have muscles and so it was pretty tough for them, but I had an easy gimmick. Yeah. They'd tell me, they said, What's pretty toughest like thing about working, Chief? I said, Putting on your boots <laughs> <laughs> putting on your boots i said yeah you guys got to lace yours up all i could do is slip mine on <laughs> i <Guide> had them walking <Waxons. laughs>
3: that's why he and i were talking about russell and i were talking about one time it's like how many native like gimmicks were there that we could think of oh yeah and yeah. i think we i think we came up with well tatanka yeah. that was like 90s right, right and then like you said Jay Strongbow, and
1: you know Jay, he was uh, Italian. He, yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, He yeah, was, he was Italian because there wasn't that many Indians. That's another reason Dick Murdoch liked me. Yeah, he said Indian, I like you because you're real, you're true. Yeah, you are a Native American. He said these other assholes are just playing to be. Yeah, immense. yeah. He said, but I like you, kid.
3: There's like Wahoo
1: and yeah, then, Wahoo.
3: Um, was that like a Youngblood, like a Jay Youngblood? Yeah,
1: Youngbloods were down in Texas, down in uh, Dallas. Yeah. Jay and I uh, forget his other brother, but yeah, they were an awesome tag team. They yeah. still are an awesome. Yeah, team. well, there was like a, was it Matt, Jay and Matt Youngblood? Yes, the Youngblood Young Young brothers. Thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They were yeah, hot down in that. Dallas. When I went down there, it was hard for me to get over it. Well, that past World Class or was World Class still going on? Uh, at that that time? was after World Class. After World Class. class. Yeah, it's uh, when Turner had it. Uh, Turner was trying to get uh, the NWA back on TV down in Dallas. So he was having his last run, and he was getting the boys that were already pushed down yeah. uh, to come back and work his little talent area right there in Dallas that the to tore him. Where the old world class used to yes, be? Yes, where the old world Man. class. Where then the Bonnerks used to be. They tore that thing down. Yes, they I tore it down. I can't believe that yes, they tore that they thing tore down. It down. And up there at the top, they had the old uh, walkway. They called it the cage. Yeah. All the boys would go up there and drink. Well, drink water and, and iced tea, <laughs> and uh, watch the wrestling matches. Yeah,
3: I saw this documentary. It's called like Heroes of World Class. Yeah, and it was with Kevin Von Eric. Yeah, Kevin Von Eric. It was like the day before they were gonna tear it down. And right. He got to walk through there, walk through there, and it was really cool. He was like, you know, this is this is where my dad's office was. He had this big desk and. He was like walking through the back, and he was like, "Back here, this is what all the signatures was." He's like, "I remember writing up here, like Kevin Von Eric heavyweight champion of the world, or TV champion of the world, yes. and, you know, whatever." And there's just like so much like stuff that just was left in there. Oh, there was I mean, so much just, history, yeah, yeah. They just, that They I didn't
1: just know what to do with. Tore it down because it was that was the only museum of wrestling yeah. that was there. I remember and that's why it was there.
3: Yeah, because I remember as a kid, like my my cousin lived in Arlington, and we'd go down there every. Thanksgiving, yeah, and man, I would like beg my uncle because they ran shows right. on yeah. Thanksgiving night yes. because Fritz was smart about yeah. it. He was like, well, after you eat the turkey yeah. and you watch a football game, what else are you going to do?
1: That's right. Sit let's, around. Let's, sit around. Yes. There ain't nothing to let's do. Let's go wrestle. Let's go watch wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So they'd yeah.
3: run shows. Man, I would beg my uncle, like, please, I want to go see... The Von Ericks, I want right. to see him, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, it's in a bad part of town," yes, and it he was. would never take me. <laughs> never take you down. down never there. took me down to yes. Sportatorium. Right. It,
1: it was a bad part of town.
3: So, Uncle Barry, if you're listening, <laughs> shame, shame. Shame you know on your you. name. Yeah, <laughs> can't take a take a little boy, boy. Yes. To, yes. to see <laughs> the Brasslin. to see P Michael P S Hayes yes. and Bam Bam Gordy. Yes. But, and uh, the great Kabuki. Yes, Kamala.
1: Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> you got. The Ugandan Giants. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the good old wrestler. But, man, that's I always right. wanted
3: to go down there, so that's great. You got to wrestle there? Yeah, I got to wrestle the sport of
1: toy. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was rat. Uh, two two or three years before they tore it down. Yeah. That's when uh, Turner yeah. was in there running his shows and trying to get started back on the road again. I never knew that he had that down yeah. there. Yeah, That was the last shows that they run it. What had the years was class. that? Uh, eight, 96. Okay. I was rookie of the year okay. in 96 down there in the NWA down there in Dallas. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it was a so hard was, show to push. Was it still like territories?
3: Because like if uh, you were was, was there and then... Oklahoma Pro was Tulsa. Well, really, mid south. Really, maybe. back then,
1: th- about that time, the, the territories had really broke up.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: about about that time they were broke up, because uh, back in those days it was tough. If you didn't work the territory, you didn't get in that area. You wouldn't. They wouldn't bring you in. Right. So you would had to have it. Like Dick Murdoch brought me in. That's how I got in down there. Is he brought me in and yeah. put me there? Yeah. And the boys respected that, so I got to stay. But other than that, it, they didn't have a territory. because territories were done by them. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah that's well, awesome, though.
1: I'm impressed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think I've Never in my life I ever meet a man that wrestled in Sportatorium yeah, in the no. same building. That yeah. you know. It was. It Vaughan was awesome.
1: Yeah, the Erickson, uh, and uh, let's see who else. Uh, Junkyard Dog was down there. Like I said, Greg Hammer Valentine was down there. King kong, king kong bundy one Bunny. man gang one man done. gang uh, yeah. scandal oh man yeah yeah no yeah. oh, mac he was a dandy boy <laughs> uh, yeah i was oh, telling russell
3: God. so like when they had mid-south um when i was a kid my dad used to take me to to mid-south right and i remember skandar Akbar. i can't remember like the whole storyline because i was pretty young right Skandar Akbar had put a bounty on Butch Reed's head. He wanted, yeah, wanted Butch Reed's head. head. Yeah. And um he was trying to bring in all these people and he brought in Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. And uh the fork, that is, the fork man. Yeah. And yes. then like he was like trying to get Abdullah to like sign this contract and um or like sign the bounty or something. It's like he was trying to get him to sign something and Abdullah like kept taking it and like putting it in his mouth. Yeah. And like uh Akbar would like rip the contract or whatever out of Abdullah's mouth and like, no, you gotta sign it. And Not then like, he would like sign it and he would like rip it and like put it back in his mouth. And then like Skander Akbar like got like took took it away again and like hit him. He had like a cane, like a like a little scepter. Like, yeah. like it was a cane, I yeah, guess. He like cane. hit him with a cane. And uh I remember uh Abdullah the butcher just went like bat. He just went like batshit. He was yes. crazy. He started throwing chairs and like my dad, well, we were, like, legitimately scared. Yeah. Because we were, like, back then, like, he was real. It was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was every bit as crazy looking and, like, yes. just, I mean, he had his judo pants, like, pulled up, um, like, yeah. up to here. Yes, and yes. He had, like, the Saudi Arabian, like, I don't know, what's the head? head and they had they the the yeah, he yeah. had the curled boots.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: he had the curled boots. And he
3: had, like, his face, his fists, his taped hands up. all taped yeah. up. And, and had that he plastic. was, like, chunking chairs into the audience. And, like, the crowd was, like, scattering and – I remember my dad was like, "We're gonna get killed! Like we're gonna get killed!" <laughs> <laughs> insurance over here, somebody yeah. insurance. Dang. And the only <laughs> yeah. other time I remember like being scared was was that because like just Abdullah Butcher just scared the crap out of me because yeah. he was so real to me. Right. Well, the other time, I don't even remember the angle, but it was like Bill Watts. Um, I think it was like the Russian assassin and like Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, and right. I think they turned on. On Bill Watts And Like hit Bill Watts in the head Like Hot Stuff did With a shovel Right And like split him open And, and knocked him out And then like the Russian assassin Came and laid like a Russian flag Yeah Like right. over Bill Watts And that place about Abrupted Erupted into, into yes, violence Yeah yes. And what, I think, like uh Steve Williams came out, doctor death, yeah, and he had oh, he, he, Dr. Came, death. he came out, and he had like full o u pads on. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a helmet, oh, yeah. and he had those pads right. on that's what and I was I like, what is he doing? He was
1: like they're trying to save him Cause yeah. get that Russian flag off of him yeah <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that was a good times. <laughs> but what, the, what they call that when they get hit in the head and they show blood, they call that getting color, yeah, they show color, yeah. They don't all know that too, but it's called getting color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro! Did you ever have to get any color? Uh not really, no. because I was so over. Uh, what I mean by so over is I had the crowd's sympathy uh, to really. Well, me and Bolo, when I'm I with the great Bolo, when I was a heavyweight champion at the uh, at OPW, uh, I did the old Dusty Rhodes gimmick, and the people said, "What's the old Dusty Rhodes gimmick?" Well, I'm fixing to tell you. Get your popcorn, and your Pepsi, and have a seat, son. Let me tell you something. Like old Foghorn Langhor to say, pay attention, son. You might learn something. <laughs> I'm listening. <Yeah. laughs> well, he had, I was a heavyweight champion, and he was going to beat me that night. And for me to keep the heat and keep the crowd loving me, I had to win in a real, real pitiful way. So I let him beat me and take the belt from me, but I put the dusty roads on him. When he took the belt away from me, I crawled over to him. And he was standing in the ring and I crawled over to him. And I crawled up his leg like an old poor little guy, you know. Just crawled and crawled and I got to the top and I pecked him on the shoulder and he threw me off. He just, you know, just like that. And I pecked on his shoulder again and he turned around and he hit me with the belt. And when he hit me with the belt, he busted me open. And I laid back in the corner, just bleeding. And he was just standing over me like he was gonna hit me and the crowd was just going crazy kill Bolo, kill Bolo. <laughs> and at that point, he had the heat. So all he had to do was just turn around and walk away because he was the bad guy champion, and I was a good guy going for the belt again. They knew I would. Mm-hmm. So he just left me laying in the pool of blood, and that was the old Dusty Rhodes gimmick. crawl up him and just bleed in the corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's all you had
1: to do. Once you can prove to them that you can wrestle – but then you got to show them you can wrestle.
3: You got to tell a story. That's mm-hmm. all about you know, like your your actions. It's kind of like theater.
1: Yes, you know? like yes.
3: Having like you said, like that pitiful, like yes, just, that
1: pitiful. It's it's called it's called ramen reason. Yeah. I'll give you a, for instance, if if I knock you down and just put you on the floor and we just start the match, you're you're looking at me going, why? What'd you do that for? Right. You didn't have no reason to hit him. And another reason, why'd you go pick him up if you knocked him down? Okay, to set that all up is I'll slide into the ring, and I'll have my headdress on. This is just to divert the crowd a little bit, and I'll go over to my corner and start a chant. And then he'll go to his corner, and he'll start a chant. And then I'll take my headdress off and lay it down in the corner, and he'll still be over in the crowd, still booing him, still booing him. And then I'll get up on the ropes, and start doing it, and he looks around and sees that the crowd's cheering for me. So he runs down and runs over to me and hits me in the back of the head. And that's how you start your heat, and that's where you start the crowd mm-hmm. getting on your side. Mm-hmm. That's how you set it up. And then once he set me up like that and hit me, I'd sell for the show and then let him get the heat again by the crowd hating him and hating him and hating him, and then I'd slide out and get sympathy from the crowd, and he'd be in there. You know, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, you can't beat me. And the crowd screaming, get back in there, Eagle, get him, Eagle, get him, Eagle. And I'm like, all right, I'll get in there. And I slide under the ropes, boom, it puts the boots to me, cuts me off. And I'm laying on the floor, poor pitiful Eve, poor pitiful Eagle. You know, and then he turns his back. And the referee, the referee plays a big part of the crowd too. You, you can't let the referee see what you're doing. So, I'll tell the referee, to look over there. When I looks over there, I'll take my fist and I'll hit him and then knock him down. And the referee said, You hit him with your fist? And I said, No. And the crowd said, You did? He said, No. So then that's how you get the crowd and that's how you start making the show. Mm-hmm. But you cheat, but you don't let the ref see it mm-hmm. because he's part of the show. If he sees it, it should be over because he's the authority. You can't hit with your fist, you can't poke a knot, you can't do none of that. But if the ref sees you, you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's another thing. The referee plays a big part in the match. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good question. (laughs) The ref's a big part of the match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the ref is uh, very
3: important. Yes. I don't know. There's a lot of, like, little independent. um, There is. Little, what? federations or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Federations, uh, independent organizations. Are you, are you working with <clears throat> that federation Is it wrestle for hunger or just, Coco uh, in particular wrestle against hunger or wrestling. Yeah. Hunger. wrestle against.
1: Well, hunger. uh, I've been asked sometimes, uh, well, be honest with you. I, I've been through depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and it, when I've been in the business so long, it's kind of, I kind of got burned out. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to come help sometimes and train. Uh, I will, but, uh, it's just sometimes I get depressed, and I just I just can't make it. Mm, yeah. I, and I don't know why, but it's just been that way. But when Russell asked me to come do this podcast, it, was, it opened up a new light and opened up another door for me. And I appreciate that because uh, I have been sitting around and not doing nothing. It, this does help me. And I always tell the boys, if they need anything, uh, I was never charged anything. Uh, I learned it from the old-timers, and they never charged me. I learned it from Bobby Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert. Learn it from the Fantastics, a letter from the Midnight Express, from uh, uh, all the people that I was around. And they never charged me. Mm. And I've never charged the boys anything for, to learn and uh, to be taught anything that I know that I can help them, give them a push-up. Mm. And the way you get that push-up is keep wrestling, keep your mindset correct, and go through the rhyme and reason. And then one day, like all the Federation, all the boys are doing like Sam Steakhouse and Coco, people see them and they want them on their shows so they can Give them a push and make bigger wrestlers out of them. And that's mm-hmm. how you get going, is to get that push, somebody to see you. Yeah. But you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Just like this podcast here. <laughs> you got to know what you're doing, boys. Or just stay away from the table and don't run with the big dogs. That's Russell Sun Eagle, boys. That's 250 to you. <laughs> oh, that's a wall onion there. <laughs> But yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I even thank you for coming on because we just kind of got right into it. But yeah, I mean, we've been talking for a while, but, you know, I had like a bunch of stuff going on and but I knew like we'd get to it eventually that I always know, like I'm going to get to whoever it is eventually. But, you know, like I told somebody else too. they've been waiting a while, but I was like, thanks for being so patient, like because I I was going to get to you. For, yeah. Like I, I always get to everybody that I can, Right, you know, I don't forget about nobody. It's just things get crazy all at once. And then right. I just got to do what I got to do. And then, but I mean, it's always like on the calendar. It's right. always like your name's always on the calendar and, and I'm always trying to find space to write you in that calendar. Right, And so finally, you know, things got, things picked up towards February and then right. You know, now it's like calming down, but I know it's going to pick back up in March probably. I don't know. I don't even know. You right, know, right. I just take it how it goes. But, right. but yeah, you know, like for real. Like thanks for coming on. You know, it's not over yet. But I'm just want to say oh, like thanks. You know.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, my contract is open anytime. You, it's free. It's it's for people like this to to educate people in the business and not in the business. People who love the business and that want to know more about the business. It's a great secret, but it's it's like a good story you got to have a good story and I believe that here spreading the word what we're doing and it is a good thing because uh it's not fake that people say it is but it it can be, uh, just like anything's fake. I can go get a fake hamburger at McDonald's if I tell them I want a fake burger. <laughs> mm. You know. Uh, hey, luck. <laughs> hey, those don't are look, good. Don't I'm look sure. at me like that. <laughs> this ain't <laughs> Vince McMahon's show. This is Chief Red Eagle show and Russell Sun Eagle. Humbucks. Humbucks. Yeah, it's you it. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, that's right. It, it's just great to tell things like this. It needs to be told in a nice respectful way and i believe anybody can respect that if it's respectful and it's not downgrading and it's not running the business because you can't run the business vince's already done that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i said it vince i said it the chief said it (laughs) when he changed so many things when he said that wrestling as entertainment that's when it really hurt the business Uh, because wrestling's not entertainment. Wrestling's a sport, and wrestling's always a sport. Mm. Uh, the old style of wrestling, Southern wrestling, is uh, a contact sport, just like hockey, just like rodeo. But once you start putting money in it and you start getting book big in your britches, you call it what you want, and it it made him money, so he called it entertainment. So that's mm. what it is to him; is mm. entertainment. That's
0: yeah, so why I like talking talking with Tyler too, like with wrestling, like because I wasn't around. Like I didn't watch it like the golden era, I guess. Like then and beyond that, like right. before that time, I came up with the attitude era. Like the, I think it was around ninety six, ninety seven is when I really got into it with WCW and N W, not NWO, but WCW and WWF. Right, and and like it's nice to hear like what he grew up with, and it, I mean, there is like crazy stories like that he talks about too. And we kind of just mesh together. Right. And, you know, he's always down to talk about wrestling and, you know, it, not a lot of people get it, I guess. Right. Like, yeah. um, like I had Joey Clift on one time and we talked about him for a little bit and then we just started talking about wrestling Yeah, like we just started talking about like <laughs> all these like crazy words and he was like, there's no context with anything, but whatever, like we're just going to talk about it. But I mean, like, but I mean, like growing up, like you grew, like I grew up with it and then when I probably got to I think the ruthless aggression era you know you start growing up and then people are like that's fake yeah it's fake you know and but it's like like I mean like you start to realize like they're pulling their punches right but they're still like athletic like they're still taking these bumps they're still bleeding like they're still like on the road yes barely getting paid right and like you start to realize that part of the business too But, like, growing up, though, like, first starting to watch it, I thought it was real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was, like, legit, like, I couldn't believe what I was watching, dude. Like, (laughs) because, like, WCW came and they brought NWO. Right. And so that brought Vince to make the Attitude Era. Right. And just create, like, this crazy time of, like, writing and storytelling. Right, yeah. And then once the WCW started kind of falling and failing and just kind of doing, like, the same thing with NWO and just, they didn't really have any new ideas, like, it seemed like everybody in WWF was, like, shining. Right. Like, from the start of the show, the crowd was popping. Right. To the end of the show when it got crazy. Right. And so, but, you know, now, like, it's it's not even like that. No. Like, it's so different now. Like Mm I guess AEW is kind of, like... It's kind of there like WWE is just kind of like they're all like all over like they're playing video games with each other and, <laughs> yeah. and like they're just like friends and you know like like they're friends like I remember nobody knew like the good guys can hang out with the bad guys. Yes. Yeah. And Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were the first ones to do that when they were separating. Right. You know the yeah. click was separating to right. two different companies. Right. And so when they did that you know everybody was like What? Like you guys hate each other, yeah. Like, and so that's when it kind of got the idea of like, okay, so this stuff's like written and like, right. yeah, you guys are friends and they talk about it constantly. Right. Like I listen to them like on shoot interviews and they just talk about like crazy stuff like that went on, and but, what was I going? But to me, it was like real. Like real like gang stuff. Like, NWO yeah. is like a gang, yeah. dude. Like blood and then we'd in, all, blood out. And then we'd all it at school. Like the next day, and we'd all get in trouble. And, yeah. And like it was just like, and then we go to the pool and like, all right, wait, I'm like we're in WO and you're DX and like, we just, like we'd all just like yeah, somebody's like Goldberg, like yeah. the one man army's yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, suck it. We do that in class too. We got in trouble. Like we're doing like chopping it and then like I remember I remember the teachers didn't know what that was like we were just going like
2: that to each other like, we weren't yeah. saying suck it but we knew what we were talking about you didn't have to and we yeah, were all doing it to knew. each other yeah. and then
0: and then they started catching on and then like I remember I forgot who it was but somebody did it like when they were going to the bathroom they turned around and went like that they chopped it and that teacher was like hey get over here <laughs> rolled them up for detention and then yeah. we knew like they were catching on yeah
3: that's awesome yeah, <laughs> because
0: amazing. uh Man, we like Walmart had all the gear. Like Walmart had yeah. all the wrestling shirts. <laughs> yeah. So everybody wore wrestling shirts from Walmart. And like it's just like it was an amazing time just to be in that era. Like I don't know what it is now, like being a kid and yeah. watching it now. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just so it just seems so different. Yeah. Like there's just no storylines no. that really no. interest me. I mean, like Goldberg comes back, and that's cool. And Brock's right. back. Brock's really acting now; yes. like he's like a totally different character, and I think that's really cool. But I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just magic you can't capture again. Mm.
1: It's uh, back in. You're talking about friends being friends. Uh, in the old days, when we would go to the restaurants and the bad guy and the good guy being there, you'd have to set it up where the bad guy or the good guy would get thrown out because people would know that you're together. And that was a, a big no-no. Yeah. You couldn't do that. Yeah. So we'd have to set it up and get thrown out and go have go somewhere else to eat because that's the persona that you want to let the people know. Like you're saying, these are bad guys. These hate each other. They shouldn't be in the same place together. Yeah. So that you let you, that's how you keep your show going. Yeah. And then when you let your guard down and just say, "Hey, I'm your friend. You're my buddy." Yeah. Then people start saying, "Well, that's not what it's supposed to be." Yeah. Because it, it, they they changed it. Yeah. And that's where it went to entertainment.
3: Well, you were saying like the very first time that you noticed that like the good guys and the bad guys hanging out was like was it the curtain call when you were talking about? Yeah, when, where they all came out and like hugged each other in the yeah, ring.
0: That's when uh, Scott Hall and Nash knew they were leaving. Leaving, yeah, to yeah. To WWE and then, and I think Shawn Michaels and Triple H had a match.
3: I think so, yeah, yeah. And
0: then uh, X Pac came out too with Hall and Nash, and they all got in the ring like at the end of the show. And they all, like, hugged hugged each other. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the crowd went, like... I guess they were confused and they went crazy, too, because they were like...
1: What's going on? It's not supposed to happen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, I was probably, like, in junior high, maybe. I mean, I I was still, like... It was just different back in, like, you just... Yeah. I don't know why I can kind of, like... Just... We're more naive than kids are today. Yeah. Kids are real... Because I teach... Middle, so I teach fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Oh yeah. And kids are super savvy. Yes. Like you can't pull anything sure, on them yeah. now. But like I but just the reason why I say that is because like, you know, you probably uh, being in like seventh or eighth grade, you probably should have known better at that point that like eh, something's not adding up here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That it's not up, you know, all on the up and up. But I can remember hearing like reading the paper, my dad was like, Look at this. He showed me this article, and it was like the Iron Chic, and uh, Jim Duggan right. got arrested, arrested. together yeah, for cocaine. And yeah, yeah. and uh, I was like, he was like, "What do you think that is?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know. Like, what what were they doing? Like, they were <laughs> they were caught together." And I was yeah. like, "Yeah," but Hacksaw has the flag. Like he's like Mr. USA, <clears throat> yeah, and. Iron cheeks, like Hot too, like you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Thick American, yeah, stupid yeah. American, yeah. too, like yeah. you know, like that's weird. Like I, yeah. I, I, I never, still, I just couldn't figure it out. Right. Like I wasn't like, oh, that's, you know what I mean. I just remember like really thinking about that. Like, yeah.
1: why would they be together? Mm-hmm. like why why like yeah. that doesn't make sense like it's, it's back to that old time mindset you know? yeah adults shouldn't never lie to us they always told us the truth so we believe everything we see yeah but, and your mind can't gather how how can that happen yeah they don't like each other yeah i just <laughs> i
3: remember just like really like tore up about it yeah. like <laughs> why were they together like I mean, we're talking about it at school like when did you hear what I'm like yeah like what's going on like yeah that's weird like you know but it never did never never dawned on us that well, they're friends, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. And that yeah. was the thing, like, it should have been so obvious. Yeah. Like, Too obvious. we were like trying to figure it out. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, why were they together? Like, what's the story, <laughs> you know? And the obvious story is, like, yeah. what's well, all bullshit. like, yeah. you know, they I mean? were friends, they're friends, yeah. <laughs> they wrote together all yeah. on one Everybody basis. lied to me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> midlife
1: crisis again. Here we go. <laughs> I'm only like 13, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a tough one to swallow. Because they always say adults tell us the truth. We're supposed to believe everything that they tell us. And back then, I I'd always say, "How you? How, how mean are you?" And I always said, "I'm mean as your grandma," because everybody knew grandma was mean. You know, your grandma was <laughs> always mean. And I got to talking about that, and people say. It really was that way, wasn't Just like you're saying. Everybody believed, and it was believable. Yeah. But when it got to the money problem, and it got so much where the people were making the big money at the top, they f- forgot all about wrestling, and it went to entertainment, and it went to money. And yeah. That, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And you heard that here <laughs> at the podcast. Russell Sun Eagle <laughs> and your favorite Chief Red Eagle. <laughs> And friend. <laughs> and guy. And guy. guy. No, just kidding. Yeah. Special guest. <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, they were that. Okay, so the money thing, too. Like, they were the first to talk about what they were making. Yeah. The click, right. Triple H and them. They would ride around together and they would go, How much you make? Because. People didn't talk about what they made. Right. And they were the first ones to be like, oh, I made, like, five grand. And then one of them was like, well, I made two. Like, how is that? That's not fair. Yeah. Then that's when, like, it's so crazy, like, what they did, right. like, to start talking about money and then people start talking about money. Then they went to different organizations and they right. led those organizations with NWO and DX. Right? Like, I mean, like, I just watched something on YouTube and, well, not YouTube, but TikTok, and it was just like the it was a documentary about the click. I haven't seen it, but there was like clips of it on TikTok, and I sat there and watched the whole thing. Like <laughs> it was like a a twenty five part like TikTok video, damn. and I watched the first one, and then I was like, dang, I was like, that's interesting, and I just kept swiping up. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was like, whoa, and I just kept watching. Then it's <laughs> like two hours later, I was like, damn, because there's like. Three, there's like 10 minute videos on TikTok now yeah. and i was a long, I was sat there for a long time and i was like holy crap dude like i really must love wrestling like, <laughs> but i love like the old like stories and yeah what these people been through and just everything like you, like you were there right. and so just hearing about all this stuff like up front like from back in the time i watched it right. and him right. you like it's, i mean it's just like it's crazy to actually just sit here and, like, listen. Like, listen and watch stuff yeah. unfold. Like, yeah. like, it just blows my mind.
1: Right. It's, it's hard to believe it It actually could be real. And then, at one point, it's not real. And that's hard to accept. Yeah. That, you, know, you're yeah. Real, yeah. you know, that's real. Yeah. That's what, uh, we're getting, many wrestlers gotten a lot of fights in the bars. That'd be the first thing a person say, you're fake. Mm-hmm. Well, once you put it that way, you've got to point your, Take your punches. Yeah. So then you got to fight yeah. to show that, that that's not fake. Yeah. And that's where a lot of guys got in trouble is it it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. And that's where you always had the controversies in a bar. Yeah. So sometimes the wrestlers have to have their own bar they go to. Yeah. Where it's just mainly the same wrestlers. Yeah. And then that way, that that didn't happen. Yeah. But it was hard to believe for me, too. When I got into business, I didn't know that all the stuff was going on that wasn't yeah. real until I found out. And it kind of broke my heart. I said, wow, really? I said, that's the way that works? And the thing about the money, you never got told how much money you made because it always uh, hurt somebody's feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody that worked hard, been there longer, and you're making six, and he's making ten. Then you start to say, Well, why is he making 10? I'm doing six, I'm working harder than he is. And that's where you never tell nobody what you make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You always make, Well, you may, i make just the same as you do. And that's the way it always stayed. Yeah. And it stayed that way until they started coming out. Then Felix started getting hurt, and Bob hates Pete. Pete hates Bob <laughs> because he made 7,000, I made four. <laughs> I worked harder, and you didn't work hard, yeah. you know. So, yeah. yeah, it's always a secret. Yeah. Uh, they always tell me, what'd you wear? I said, I got gas money and uh, lunch money. Six <laughs> Damn, pack that of gas cost money. them, didn't
2: it? <laughs> yeah,
1: six pack and a sandwich is what <laughs> yeah. I got. That's the way it stayed. It was cool then, you know. Yeah. But once you put money into it, it just hurt everybody's feelings. So money's yeah. rude to all evil. Yeah. But yeah, that was a no-no. We never all knew what we all made. We all knew, but most guys that were on the lower cards knew they wasn't getting what the main card was drawing if you got a chance to work the main car that was good and back then there wasn't that much heat uh, but the pay but as you get in closer to entertainment closer to Vince's timeline mm-hmm. it all started getting the money and that's when money just took over and now it's just entertainment yeah it's crazy and that's why the independents are having so much hard over time growing crowd is because Vince has turned it into entertainment and now they're still doing the old style wrestling that's That kinda gets it hard. You know, because they're seeing one they're hearing one thing and seeing one thing and then they're going to the smaller crowds and seeing that and they're saying, Well, that's not why it's working up here. So that's where they have that problem. But it it all has to come together and I don't know where Racing's gonna be in the next twenty years. It may not even be around anymore, but right now it's it's entertainment. But it all started back in uh, the carnival days, and the carnival years that's where it was. Yeah. That's where they started. And that's where they got. They call it Carney talk. I, I never could talk carny, but if you listen to the carnies, they can. They got a certain uh, things that, like I said, kayfay means uh, a mark, and a mark means a person that don't know nothing about wrestling. Yeah. And they just twist things, and that was the way they talked. And they would talk like that in the ring. But uh, the more they got out of it, the more. I never did talk in the ring. Uh, I always just worked and did my show. And the main thing I did was chop and dance, so there wasn't much to it. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have to talk that much, but you do have to communicate with each other, let you know what's going on and how you're going to work the show. Yeah. I'd always give them uh, the beginning, the middle, and the ending, and that's all I'd give them. And everything else, you just ad-lib, and you just listen to the crowd and go from there. Yeah. And if you had a good crowd, you could play the crowd. If you didn't, you could just have to wrestle and make your own heat. And make your own show and do your own thing. Make sure that they know what wrestling is, and, and if they know what it is, you can perform it correctly, and they'll see it and they'll keep coming back. But it's hard to keep butts in the seat if you don't know what you're doing. Right. And there's been many shows that we went back to, and people's not there, and that it's our fault because we didn't show them wrestling. Yeah. And that's hard to take sometimes. Yeah. It happens. Yeah.
3: I went to see uh, <coughs> SmackDown. Was in town. I went and saw SmackDown, and it was fun. I mean, it was. It's the to me like the shows are they're better live right. you know, yes. than they are yes, like, they on are. TV. Yes, but you know, full disclosure. Then like a couple months later, we went to see watch Coco wrestle. I don't know whether it was just because I was with my <laughs> friends or whatever, but I had more fun. Yeah. At yes. At that show paying nothing because it's free right, yeah. than the $40 ticket to go see John Cena and Roman Reigns. Right. I mean, it's good, but yeah. it wasn't, I mean, it was fun. I am going to say it was fun, yeah. but I had more fun at that Coco show. Yeah. And I think it's those little guys, somebody was there. You know, they, they just work so hard. Yes. Yes. And you know, it just, you can tell like their heart is in it, right. you know, yeah. and they're selling every little move right. and, and, I mean the crowd was I mean the crowd was more into into uh what they were doing, like with like remember they were like hitting each other, it was like
2: Boo Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boo Yeah <laughs> Boo
3: Yeah And we were like, you know Crowd's into it. Again. Yeah, I mean they <laughs> were the, they were though. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what you call a work and then work the crowd. A, yeah, and then you get all caught Pumped up in that up, right? and yeah. it was so much fun. I right. think it was Probably Trish she was like, "Sit down." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "People are staring at you." <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I can't help it; man. I get fired up. Yeah, that was the uh,
0: Iron Man match. Yeah, yeah, with Shotgun yeah. Weber, wasn't it? Yeah, Coco yeah. and Shotgun.
1: The Iron Man's like an hour, right? Yeah, uh, 30, yeah minutes? thirty minutes. Thirty, 30 minutes. minutes. It was a thirty
0: minute match. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: and they wrestled to a draw. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: They call that a Broadway. Yeah, that's where nobody wins. It's a Broadway.
3: And those two big old boys, man, they were gassed. Yeah, and was the crowd yelling? Five, Five more yeah. minutes. Five more minutes. Yeah. And then it, it, like Coco's
2: like, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. Oxygen, He's Yeah. See his ghost come out of his body. Yeah. Of him. No, no. <laughs> Five more minutes. Yeah. I know yeah. we were all yelling that too. <laughs> <laughs> I looked over, man. They
0: I were mean. like, gas. They had nothing. The announcer was like, looking around. Yeah. Like, I
2: thought he was going to do it. I thought, yeah. he, I was thought he was, was too. Five yeah.
1: minutes on the clock. I climb. thought he was, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no. Poor no. Rib. They should have said, five more minutes back in the <laughs> ring, boys.
3: <laughs> Man, that that was so much fun. Like, even though, like, we didn't even, I mean, we knew Coco, and I guess that was, that's all people I knew. Yeah. And, but, it's just fun. Like, yeah. I've, I've just grown up with it. I will right. never not love it. Right. I mean, I mean, There was a time, it was kind of funny, like, when I was back in college, and we were, like, some roommates of mine were, like, well, like, nothing on TV, and we're all kind of, like, well, wrestling's on, (laughs) you know, and, like, we were, like, yeah, yeah, wrestling's on, and we, like, turned it on, and then just kind of watching it, you know, and then we're, like, yeah, it's, you know, like. Dean Malenko and oh yeah, you There's know some workers there, old Dean. Yeah, Malenko. So, but anyway, long story short, it was we all were closeted watchers. Like we didn't <laughs> we didn't tell anybody that we watched yeah, it because yeah. it was like in college, you're right. not supposed to watch that. No, no, no. But we all learned like, oh man, do you like wrestling? Like, yeah, I love wrestling. I was like, I love wrestling too. So it's like <laughs> it was like the best thing for us. It was like yeah. that bonding moment, you know, yeah. people that you don't know but you have this thing that you can bond over. Yeah, wrestling. You could talk about it. Like we, oh, it was so. Fun. I just yeah. I've grown up with it I'll never from yeah. Being a kid, I'm still a kid. I'm 46 right. years old, and yes. I'll still get out there and scream and holler. Yes. And I get wound
1: up. <laughs> in <myself. get> <laughs> <up. laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you
2: wore my mask too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were my ultimate ultimate warrior. I warrior. got warrior.
0: yeah. I had really? an ultimate warrior mask and you wore it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we made signs too. Really? Yeah. Boy,
3: y'all was into that. That's not base Man, I've been a fan go, my whole go, life. Go, go, go. I've never made a sign in my life. And right. Beta sign and it was
2: it was fun (laughs) like
3: if anybody is has not gone it's wrestle against hunger Mm -hmm. yeah and they run yeah it's out in turley yes they're good and they run shows i guess once a month is it i
0: believe so but yeah yeah. look look like the page yeah go like that page
3: and it's free and it's a family uh event like you can bring there was kids out there and the the wrestlers were real humble and real right. friendly, and yes. I mean, it was awesome. It was just a
1: great experience, Good family experience. Yeah, sometimes. I wanted yes. to bring
3: my kid, you know, if he, but he'd probably beat up his little brother. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three <laughs> best yeah. fall. I mean, they they run shows in our living room on a nightly basis. I'm not dad. I'm ref. Well, I am dad, Referee. and I'm ref too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. <laughs> I can see two guys walking. Yeah, Dad, like, call it. Dad, call I it. Said, Look at my muscles. I'm strong. I'm strong. <laughs> I was like,
3: settle down there, <laughs> rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm super, awesome. strong. Dad, dad, <laughs> super strong,
2: Dad. super strong. So funny. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Dang. Man, yeah, it was... Oh, man. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to jump all over my living room, just on the floor. Yeah. Can't do that now. No <laughs> but, but I used to, like... Stay in the floor. Yeah. Oh, I used to jump off the couch, like, on this pillow, like, elbow dropping. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. And, I mean, it was just, like... And I had toys too. Like they weren't even like wrestling figures, but I'd pretend they were. Like I had like <laughs> Batman's and like random toys, yeah. and I just like name them. Like, all right, you're Stone Cold, and like make these factions, and then like make them wrestle while watching it. I mean, like <clears throat> yeah. it was just like an escape for me. Like it was yeah. crazy. Like right. just to be a part of that. Yeah, man.
1: Remember the days. Uh, there'll never be days like that again. It's uh, it's a lost art. Uh, There's not too many people that know it, uh, how it was, how it's supposed to be. And uh, there's not too many men that want to teach the young guys because they think they they know it all, so they won't teach them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not good listeners, but uh, I believe they are. I'll teach anybody that wants to learn the old-style, mid-South, hardcore wrestling. Uh, Some of my matches, I'd be a little stiff. They wouldn't want to wrestle the Chief (laughs) because I was a little stiff. Well, I had to be a little stiff because uh, some of the guys back in the back didn't think wrestling was real. Uh, it's a mindset, you yeah. know, it, it's a show. So I'm just here for the show. Well, when you got in the ring with the chief, it wasn't no show. Uh, sometimes you had to fight for your life because I, I would take you there because the old timers took me there. And it was a respect for the mm-hmm. business is what it was. It's, that's all I was showing them. And that's all they were showing me is to respect this business. Because you can get hurt, you can make money, but you don't want to just come out of here and say, "I want to be a wrestler and then get paid for it." You yeah. have to pay your dues, and I paid my dues. Yeah. And these guys here, uh, don't uh, pay their dues. It's gonna come. It's all yeah. coming around. They're good kids. I like them all. They're 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 gonna go somewhere. Yeah. Some of them now are already going out of state and wrestling. Yeah. Some in Texas. Some in Arkansas. And just like Coco, he's going statehouse. Yeah. They're going. Yeah, shotgun Weber, there he's going. Yeah, so there's good talent here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and out out of, out other towns and other cities are seeing it. Oklahoma has a good little fan base here, and they're seeing it and they they like it. <clears throat> I was training some boys and I, and sent them up to the Harley Race. Uh, one of them was Brandon Groom, and other was Brett Albright. He was the NWA heavyweight champion for a while. And, you know, Brandon Groom, he wrestled out from Bristow. He was a high school wrestler. Uh, so was Big Daddy Moore. I, they broke him into the business, and I broke them in. And uh, they went to the top. But they knew uh, grappling. They knew the old high school mm-hmm. wrestling, and that's how, what got them the big push. And they would listen, too. And that's what they all do is listen. That's how they all got to where they were. Yeah. And Big Daddy Moore, he got on WWE. But he just did some spots in the back. But he was mm-hmm. on TV, and, and Groom went to NWA. And, uh, Albright, he went to NWA. He was uh, uh, Chris Benoit's partner before, before Chris had uh, committed suicide mm-hmm. uh, up there with his wife and his son. That's a mm-hmm. tragic incident there that happened. But mm-hmm. him and uh, Chris were tag team partners. Mm-hmm. Albright was, and he was fixed to be the. They was fixing to be the next big push in the WWE. Mm-hmm. But when that happened, Albright. Uh, Stepped down and you know, all that happened, and it got pushed out the spotlight. Yeah, so that never happened. But those are the guys that were here in Oklahoma that got the talent and got a push, right? Just right. like these guys, they can get the same thing, just keep working like they're doing. Yeah, and listening, mm-hmm. somebody see you, and that's how you get your push. Somebody's got to see you. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, there's always someone watching too. Yes, so <clears throat> yeah. I tell everybody, like, just keep doing it, Right. keep going because you yeah. yeah. might not think nobody's watching you, but. Yeah. People watching you. Yes. Whether it be good or bad. Right. You know, and they're just waiting to see what you do.
1: hmm See how long you can go. See if you're going to fail or if you're yeah. just going
0: to... If you're going to keep going. Right. Like be
1: consistent. Bunny. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Energizer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ever... Uh, you didn't hear that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> did
0: you ever uh, <clears throat> run anybody that, like... So, like, training? Like, I don't know. Like, I've... So... The reason I asked this is because, like, I don't know. uh, Have you heard Undertaker's podcast with Joe Rogan? So he was talking about when he was trying to come up and do wrestling, and old—I forgot who this guy was. He was who was trying to train him, but I think it was like a a ad too. I Mm -hmm. think, and it said like, you know, come try wrestling, and and he was like on the verge of not going to europe and play basketball and he didn't know what he was going to do and he was living in his car and then anyways it was like two grand and he sold everything he had beside his car to get two grand and so dang i forgot this wrestler's name but some old wrestler and and he said like him and like 12 other people or 11 other people came up with money and they didn't know each other, but they all showed up at that guy's house like at nine a.m. or something because it said be here at nine with your money. And then they're like banging on the door, and They are like banging on the door. And that guy was like, "Who the fuck is it?" <laughs> and they were like, uh, "We're here to wrestle." And he was like, "Who?" And he, he Undertaker said he opened that door and he was like naked, and, like his butt ass naked. He's like, "The hell you guys want?" He's like, "We're here to wrestle." Like your ad, he's like oh is that today <laughs> slam that door he's like, hold on and then so he slammed that door and then and then he i guess he got dressed or whatever and then he opened the door he's like, all right coming to back so they went to his backyard and and then undertaker just said like he beat the shit out of them right yeah. like beat them like severely right. like this is where you are gonna have to go through and beat them up like so bad like he was trying to make him quit.
1: Right, exactly. And he made everybody quit except Undertaker. Right.
0: He said, well, we're almost done. He's like, tomorrow's your, your last day. And then Undertaker came back, banged on his door, went answering, and then he looked in his window and everything was gone. Oh. Like, that guy moved. Oof. Like, pa- packed up everything and left. Then he said, like, the only thing he left was his dogs. <laughs> that guy left his dogs. Oh, man. And then oh. Undertaker seen those dogs Dang. and he was like, He's like, wow. He, he was telling Joe, he was like, he's like, man, he's like, that's so shitty, man. He's like, but I got something out of it. I got his dogs.
2: <laughs> so he broke
0: in and he got his, he got those guys' dogs and he was like, he's like, I was living in my car and so were they. <laughs> he's like, so we all just living in my car. He's like, I worked out and I did what I could for money and yeah. I got us all something to eat and yeah. he goes, and I kept them till they died. And he said he ran into that guy at some show. Mm-hmm. He ran into him like, five years seven years later and then he was in a locker room with him and then he just like stared at that dude like like dead ass like staring at him and that guy was like putting tape on and he looked at Undertaker and he was like you got a problem and then Undertaker's like you don't remember me huh and then he was like he's like do I know you should I know you he's like yeah he goes well he goes you might remember your dogs, right? And that guy was like, "You stole my dogs." <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like,
0: "Motherfucker, you left them." He's like, "You left them and you moved." He goes, "Oh hell, that was old news." And and then Undertaker's the was like, "He's like, man, I, he's like, it took everything for me to not just drop them like right there." <laughs> yeah. But he just basically said, like, you know, I'm here like after you scammed everybody, like right. you just took everybody's money and because yeah. that was like what. Like, two grand times, like, 12 or 13 people. Ooh, hmm. yeah. I mean, like, and he ran people off. Right. But I guess there's, like, stories, like, horror stories of that. Yeah. Like, just these scammers and yeah, that, running that, you off.
1: That was around about that time, too. I was lucky. Like I said, it's just the fate that got me through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the guy that trained me was Bill Ash. He was NWA's heavyweight champion down in uh, Georgia, Atlanta. And uh, his dad, Noel Ash, was the one that made the boots down in Paris, uh, Arkansas. That's where all the boots were made. And I got to train with Bill. He trained me. And uh, I was sitting on the front porch one day, and his dad, he says, uh, Would you like a pair of boots? I'm just disagreeing today. He said, uh, I can get you a pair just like Wahoo. I said, his name is Noel, Moustache, And I said, Yes, I, I sure would, sir. I said, But I sure can't pay you. He said, uh, Did I ask you? He said, Would you like a pair? I said sure I would, and uh, Bill had a training room out back, and we would uh putting the roof on it and getting it all fixed up for him. And he said for helping Bill and doing that for him, he says I'll, I'll give you these boots. Cool. And he gave me wow, a pair of slip-on awesome. boots that were uh, patent leather, probably eight hundred dollar pair of boots. Dang. Uh, just give them to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, his son Bill would train us, and he'd train us with the two before. Uh, if we didn't do something right, we'd have to bend over and he'd hit us in the back with it two before. And, and he wouldn't really knock you out, but he'd hit you with it and let you know he was hit. Mm-hmm. And we started learning that way, the correct way. And we got us through that and then he started doing shows with uh, B-Bomb Bear and we went down to Florida and did a show down there at, uh, what is that, Studios down there in uh, uh, Orlando. And... Uh, Black Bart, and all them guys were down there. We put a little podcast, a little show together down there, and it never went nowhere, just all on tapes and reels. But we tried that, and that's where I learned from him was Bill Ash. He was the NWA's champion. If you Google him, you can see. Mm -hmm. And his dad was the one who made the boots for all the wrestlers. He had an old pair of uh, lace-up boots that were made out of uh, patent leather blue uh, pythons, and uh, it had one eye missing on one side, he said, these were Jim Dugan's. He sent them back. He says, I can't do nothing with them. He said, you want them? And I said, no, sir. I don't, I don't think I really want them. He <laughs> said, yeah, you do. Here, take them. <laughs> Shit, I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> wear, them yeah. wear them around the house. Yeah, with one-eye bad on one side. <laughs> so I got those, and I wore them, too. And uh, they were good to me. And just lucky, like I said, just good things happen <laughs> yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. But there are horror stories out there. Yeah. Uh, people that will take your money and not do nothing for you. Man. Yeah. Luckily, we wasn't in that grout. That's why I always tell the boys, anything you need, I'm here, and I won't charge you nothing. Uh, Maybe a bologna sandwich or spam sandwich.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Meat pie. Yeah, Yeah, meat pie.
1: pie. Yeah, that's right. Meat pie mafia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the good old days, and I'm glad I got to share it with Two good guys here. Yeah, on yeah. the Russell Eagle yeah. podcast. <laughs> By the way, I don't get paid for this, really. <laughs> but a meat pie does sound good. I know our kin folks can cook up some mean meat pies. That's for sure.
0: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shoot, man, this is fun. Yes. Um, yeah, it's awesome. We'll have to do it again, for yes, sure. Yes. Uh, you got anything you want to... Uh, no, I
3: just... It was a pleasure meeting you, and I've just... It's been so much fun. I've learned yes. a lot, and just talking with you, and, and, and yes. laughing, and that's what this is all about. I, right. It's what you said. I mean, you know, you said that he got you fired up. He he did the same thing for me. Right. I mean, I, I have a show, and I think I was like six episodes in, yeah. and he called me out of the blue was like, hey, man, like, why not you come on my show? I was like, "Why? Like, why do you want to talk to me? Like I ain't nobody." What that do? At I was like, "Why? I ain't doing nothing." Man. It's like, well, "Don't you have a podcast?" I'm like, "I mean, yeah, I guess." Like, I didn't really do anything with it. Well, here I am, man. Twenty, right. 20 episodes later, yeah. and you know, made a good friend out of it, right. and met a lot of cool people. Right. And man, but yeah. It, he, he did the same thing for me, but it's just been so much fun right. just just laughing and, and, and carrying on with you all the night. So. Right. mado mado, Yes, mado,
1: Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Good people, uh, good listeners. Uh, like I said, listen to both of these guys. They're going places. I've already been someplace because I know these guys are going places.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, we will. Yeah, you're, you're there with us. Yes, Yeah, yes, you're there. Yes. Yeah.
1: I told him I didn't want money, I'll just take gold and silver, so he said, hey, help me out. <laughs> we said meat pies. Oh, No, you know, let no I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Where does it say that on this paper? <laughs> <laughs> that contract? Yeah. That's Sam's Cola. That's That's free. Sam's That's, Cola.
0: <laughs> Asking somebody, what are you getting paid? I'm getting meat pies. Oh, yeah. what are you getting? Meat pies and Sam Cola. <laughs> I'm
3: only getting bologna. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, this, this ain't, this ain't, that ain't yeah. fair. Yeah. Never <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go back to money again see people. <laughs> told you. Over a meat pie and spam sandwich. <clears throat> I'm getting cold and he's getting Pepsi. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, uh, yeah. You know, I'm so happy that, you know, you both got to come on. Um, I'm always happy to motivate whatever. Talk to you, Talk to you talk to you both about whatever and just you know get out there and just do it you know do whatever you want to do and you know i'm always here to support both of you and you know i look forward to you know you getting back out there and helping out with anything you do you know like wrestling wise because you have a lot of knowledge and you know it's all stored up there and you do it the right way and you know you always have a lot of uh you have a lot to show you know everybody coming up so you know shout out to you thank you for doing that you yes, know and yes. just uh not making money a big thing no. you know because some people trip out about money yes. like i've had people like ask me how much i'm gonna pay them right yeah or like somebody quoted me like 300 dollars for 30 minutes when i was like
2: no <laughs> <laughs> i ain't gotta
0: talk to you that bad yeah. <laughs> yeah. trash that email
2: yeah <laughs> like,
0: like for real you like i couldn't believe that yeah. i was like Dang, okay well yeah all right then so but yeah you know like right. we're all here to help out each other that's we're all right. here to support each other and that's i mean right. it's all love yes. you know it's all love
1: and right we're just all building and working and that's right just learning every day shoot. Yeah. Just listening Remember We're back to listening Ladies yeah. and gentlemen <laughs> Yeah Listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah, Russell Sunnygle. Listen to this And Scoden, yeah. And then
0: Our show coming out
3: Yes Why
0: Well this show will be out Way after that but, Yeah um, I'm sure by then We'll probably have something <laughs> More in the works I've made a logo or Whatever But I Haven't shared it a yet Badass logo Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I've Badad.
3: seen yeah. his
1: work Great work Yeah It's Russell coming Sun Eagle.
3: out we got a unsolved mysteries of the reservation oh, uh, episode really? coming out. I'm trying to do something special on the odd, the, the odd episodes. When I say odd, I mean the episodes that end in zero. Right. And so uh, we got together with Chris Hill, and we discussed uh, Stajepko, the, uh, yeah, Stajepko,
1: the yeah Stajepko,
3: the tall Indian man, tall, who whips, tall man whips the
1: side of the house with a whip. <laughs> yeah, My grandma used to tell me about him. Yeah, Stajepko.
3: So we yeah. we used to, we had a discussion about that and that's going to be, be dropping here in 48 hours. <laughs> oh yeah. It's already the weekend. Yeah. It's already yeah. the weekend. So wow. put, putting that together. So super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Probably going to make that a regular thing. I know Chris has already hit me up. Like let's do another one. So yeah. I was like, all right, man. But like, I've got 10 episodes to go, <laughs> but nah, we don't have to do it. I'm on the, on on the twenties, well, yeah, I've been, yeah, years, I've been having
0: some ideas bouncing around in my head. I need to talk to you about them, but yeah, yeah but yeah, for sure. You know, we got that in the works, and I mean other stuff too. But but uh, shoot, man, I mean it's this has been fun. Yes, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll have to get you back on. Yes, anytime, and then, I mean man. talk more about wrestling and yes, yes. Like I always enjoy like wrestling talks. Right. <laughs> yes. There's like, more just, out there. It just. Intrigues me, yeah. Like, it's just you know, you grow up with it and you never lose that magic. Like, going back to it, right. like, I mean, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. Going back to no man's land, yeah. That's that part parts of the where nobody knows, mm-hmm. parts unknown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unknown. <laughs> That's what the USS Enterprise used to say go where no man's been before. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what my girlfriend said. Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. Uh, I, my voice has been dubbed over. <laughs> uh, well, um tell people how to follow you
0: and if you have like videos on YouTube or somewhere yes, to watch. You know?
1: uh, on YouTube, just type in Chief Red Eagle and go to OklahomaFan.com and my bio is on there of what the Chief has done. I don't want to brag about myself, so you can just read about me. Uh, some might be true, some may not be. So I want you to feel the Find the truth. Just follow the chief and Russell Sun Eagle. Yes. <laughs> Snatch the pebble from my hand. Grasshopper. Snatch the meat pie from my hand. <laughs> yeah, take the grease with me. <laughs> May the grease be with you.
0: <laughs> oh, and then... Tyler, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for making time and coming on, man, and just having a great time. Uh, let everybody know how to follow you too.
3: Yeah, I'm over at uh, Skoden Cinema. That's Scoden uh, underscore Cinema uh, at Instagram, and just Skoden Cinema on Facebook. And you can follow me my personal page if you want to at um, just Tyler Randall, and you can just. Find Me there, so
0: private page,
2: (coughs) yeah. My
3: only fans, that's what I was telling uh, Ripe Potatoes. I was like, I got that private page, it's like that's my only (laughs) fans account. That's where all the skin is, (laughs) that's where the feet
1: hit the pavement, right there, boys.
3: There might be some feet videos on there. (laughs) <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh boy man. that's
1: awesome, man! Good yeah. job.
0: So, everybody, go check out Chief Red Eagle, Tyler Randall from Skoden Mahey. and mm. then check out Okie Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, go check it out, subscribe, write a review, rate it. Uh, go check out the website www. Instagram is Okie Podcasts or at Okie podcast and then at Rustamus49 as well and then I got a Facebook Okie podcast page go give it a like my personal is Russell Sun Eagle if you'd like to add me I'll add you back and yeah so until next time everybody peace